everybody, welcome to another episode of Adel Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adel Marcy. And today, you guys are in for a treat because the human that I've managed to get onto the show today is the one and only Kelsey De Brun- uh, Bruzinis. Oh my God, I screwed that up. I got it right twice right before the show, and then you I did messed it. up. <laughs> it was perfect. De Bruzinis. <laughs> so she's awesome. She is. Um, it's really weird. We met because we were talking about coffee and then it got into like life and spirituality and healing and everything that's fucking awesome. And I was like, this motherfucker needs to come on the show. So if you guys go check out KelseyDayBruzinis.com and I will always like stop for a second. Like, is it D or day? It's day. So D E you'll see the link in the description. Uh, B R U S I N I S.com. Uh, check it out. She's awesome. At the end of the show, you're going to find out more about her. And of course, as always, please head on over to greatestcopywriteralive.com, where we are sponsoring this show by giving away the story selling matrix, which will give you everything you need to know on how to find your core story, use it for marketing, copy projects, and for clients if you want to. So it's all that. Let's begin. So Kelsey, it is lovely having you on the show at last. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. I have no idea what we're about to talk about, but I know it's going to be something super juicy as our conversations are. Definitely. I mean, right before we even started the show, we started making each other laugh. And then it was like, we should really hit record at this point. So this formality is just like, shut the fuck up and let's get back to the ridiculousness (laughs) of our lives. Basically. One of the things that you did say to me that was quite interesting that really, when we were speaking, I was like, I would love to interview her is you broke me down the same way I break other people down, but you did it in a completely different format. Whereas for me, I picked it up from words and actions and visuals. You picked it up based on my body. Like, almost yeah. because like uh, for people that don't know at home, I have an insanely tough nose. Like it is freaking rocks you can't see what i'm doing when poking my nose right out, it is freaking rock solid it's like very little squishiness in there um and of course i'm joking around telling kelsey this and she basically she basically goes ahead and gives me a diagnosis of what my life is like i did do that i forgot about it it was appreciated right. she's like yeah you know you just face things head on and i was like uh okay <laughs> i've got to talk to now. <laughs> need some more i need to find out some more about this Okay, so how did you get into all this stuff? Because I know The Body Leaves, uh, there's a really good book, which of course The Body Keeps Count, and another good book, which is The Secret Language of Your Body, both great books around the emotional impact trauma has on our physical responses. My Mm -hmm. question is, how did you come across it? How did you get started in this field? Mm, So I have my own story of of healing. Um, Survivor of childhood sexual abuse, rape, addiction, depression, all of those beautiful things. And I basically went on this. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just giggling because you are one of the only humans I know that will take a story like that and be like, what are those beautiful things? (laughs) You know, just the things that I've... (laughs) You have the same, you have the same sense of humor that I do. So I do, you know, the the thing is like the human experience is so, I don't know. We we have to laugh at it at some point. Cause I'm like, well, it's just the shit that happened. And so I basically took a decade healing myself from it and learned all the knowledge, did all the things, took tons of courses and certifications and this, and something was missing. And I just didn't really understand what it was. And then I started working with the body and I went, Oh, this is like the magic integration that I've been missing and all of these things. And so then my journey with the body started and really working with trauma in the body, emotions in the body, and then eventually learning how to read 
the body um, from our features and our tissue and being able to see someone's trauma and life story and behaviors, thoughts, beliefs, etc. So that's how I got to it. <laughs> okay, so I have a question around that because I would, of course. of course, have a question around that. When it came down to it, realistically, what are some of the biggest obvious factors people can look at when it comes down to body reading? Because, mm. of course, there's going to be a bunch of people like, okay, so what's my body say about me? I know because I was one of them and I am <laughs> one of them, right? I'm like, what the fuck is my body saying about me? <laughs> like talking shit behind my back. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> as, I, as I digress. But like what I was going to say was with, with that, how, do you, how does someone get started and what do they look forward to begin with? So, so from my perspective or from your perspective, perspective. from your perspective, like if someone came to you and was like, Hey, and then you're like, all right, cool. Like mentally, I'm guessing you have an on off switch on when you can turn it on and off, but sometimes it just screams so loudly that someone else just flicks it on in front of you. And you're like, okay, now I'm just here. (laughs) It's true. And it gets triggered as well. Like I try to, um, I don't read someone's body without their consent because I feel like it's a little bit. Rape, rapey i don't know mm. it, it just feel like it's not nice <laughs> and we didn't see how long we went and actually we've already got the r word in twice <laughs> in 10 minutes by the way that's a new record for this show i managed to get the word cunt in here like at least 10 times before <laughs> that's well so <laughs> i'm kidding I'm, there's no like weirdness in that i just like it yeah there's a whole thing but anyway. it's okay Cunt is one of my favorite words. So now I'm going to see how I can work that in. <laughs> one. But... With the other word, of course. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. This is supposed to be a professional show. <laughs> no, it's not. Listen, this is professional. Professional. That's <laughs> exactly. But okay. So back to the question. So I do want to know yeah. this. So, yeah. So I don't really read somebody's body without that. But what will happen is that Sometimes somebody will say something and I'll, or I'll be with them in person. And then I, I will see, for example, the way that they walk. And I'm like, oh, okay. So by the way that somebody walks or like um, how far apart their feet are or the way that your um, the bottom half of your body is connected to the top half or how your pelvis is, is tilted, all of these things tell me a story. And so it's like, you can look essentially from the outside in. So the structure, outside structure of your body tells one thing, but then as you get closer into the actual features, so like are, how much space do you have on your eyelids? How much space between your eyebrows? How are they shaped? All of these things say something about how you show up in the world and how your environment has shaped you. And so, um, yeah, it's like the macro to micro, I guess. Could I be really cheeky and ask you to read like part of my face for this? Just simply because like, as soon as you said that, my brain went, now I got to ask. Okay. Uh, okay, cool. Pick a feature realistically. Not my nose because we've done my nose. Okay. So how personal do you want to get? Okay. Let's leave out anything. Actually, no, we won't leave anything out. I'm pretty open about stuff with my audience. They should know this stuff. And, okay. Uh, but again, you, I guess you will actually know where like it'll be like a cutoff point. We're like, yeah, I'll just go to here and I'll ask. Yeah. I'll leave it up to your discretion. Okay. And if it's too much, just tell me, stop and then cut it out. (laughs) Yeah. I'll just put my hand up and be like, can we discuss this later? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, so what I see in your face is that you have quite a, let me see what that's left. Okay. Beautiful. So you have 
a very open mind, but you do have some structured thoughts in the way that you would view the world. And what I'm seeing is that you do have quite some influences, I would say, from your mother and father and the way that they think and how they kind of raised you that may sometimes influence the way that you think about the world and then the things that you then say. Mm -hmm. Um, I also do see that you may have a little bit of a hard time trusting people the first time around. And what I mean by this is, so for example, if you're in a relationship, someone may have to kind of prove to you multiple times that they really love you when they say, I love you without, so it's like, okay, I hear you. And also you kind of need to prove it to me a little bit before I can fully let go into that. <laughs> yep. You're not wrong there. Um, so yeah, I will yeah. stop there, but those oh, are cool. a little bit of the things that I'm seeing. That's pretty um, awesome. So what part of me were you reading and getting that from? Just so I'm aware. Yeah. So I'm getting it from the shape of your face. Um, then I'm also getting a bit from the shape of your eyes as well as how your eyes and nose and forehead all relate to each other. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I actually love stuff like this. Yeah, this is why I'm going to end up having a conversation with you after the show on how we can work <laughs> together on this because I love fascinating shit like this and there is a reason with my with the new side of careers that we're doing. But there was a question I did have for you uh, or a confirmation really. So it's quite interesting because when it comes down to the whole love aspect, it's it's because I find people tell me they love me really quickly. Ooh, that's so, interesting. And that happens a lot, a lot more frequently. I think the fastest I've had it is two dates. On the second date, a woman told me, I don't know if I should tell you this, but I actually love you. And did you love her? No, not in the same way. My, mm. so I, Of course, I don't reciprocate by saying I love you too, because I don't believe you should say it until you actually mean it. So my response to them was like, that's, thank you so much for saying so. I'm just not in that place right now, but more importantly, could you tell me why or what it was? Because again, mm. I'm always curious about stuff like this. Interesting. Mm. So when people say to you, I love you, so th th that's why you shut down and don't trust them. What about No, that's people... not my that's not my trust one to shut down. Uh, the oh, trust okay. one to shut down is actually ambition. Oh, so that's someone, interesting. The moment someone's ambition goes from who they were to a less ambitious version like i'm all good for having wanes and dips in ambition we will get them yeah but it's when it's prolonged over a chronic period of time then i'm like i've got to leave so if someone goes through a bout of depression <laughs> no not a single bout of depression oh, i'm, bout I'm, of, I'm yeah. kidding i'm I was gonna say if it's prolonged over yes and I can't really talk shit about depression anyway, considering me, but still. <laughs> it's like, I don't date mental health people at all. Have you seen yourself, mate? Good point. Good point. Good. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. <laughs> oh, man. Have you ever done the Enneagram? Or have I have. The, what's your type? I always forget. I think it was an eight or a four. You but then I, I also might be making that up, to be honest. <laughs> I only say that because like my number one was a four was a four and like my number two was an eight on this thing, this mm. quiz I did. So I've got to do another quiz anyway from like the Enneagram Institute, which I'm doing this weekend because uh, I just want to confirm some stuff. I know I'm a very strong four because it's like very much my personality. Uh, they're the individualist that's kind of like our biggest fear, believe it. Like the eight is close behind. The eight's biggest fear, vulnerability and letting people in. 
I don't have that as much anymore, which is good. My four, because I'm a four on this, my biggest fear and my biggest feeling in life is um, that I will be insignificant and never make an impact on the world. Now, while I was reading that out loud to a friend on the phone, their only response was to laugh really hard and go, how fucking seen do you feel right now? And you're like, oh, okay, now I see, now I'm seen twice. <laughs> the Enneagram saw me and you. <laughs> nah, I'm good. She knows, she knows all the best and worst about me anyway. So oh, I'm the best friend. So I'm like, she's seen me at my worst. Yeah. She, she wow. has, uh, I love my friends because they've actually, because of how my brain works, I have said some pretty fucked up shit in the past. But if it was outside of my friends group, you'd be like, Adil, no nobody no <laughs> like with my friends that i <laughs> addled buddy pull it back and let me tell you why it was wrong I was like oh okay. like it we started. all need friends like that honestly you we do have, you gotta have some the real ones check. yeah you gotta yeah. keep someone to keep you in check when you say some ridiculous shit yeah <laughs> especially when you're willing to go like there's the line and you're like man line schmine i'm just gonna you know say yeah. whatever the fuck i want this is what I mean. It's also the same sense with like true best friends are the like one of my closest friends has been 20 years, basically my brother Altaf, shout out to him. Um, he was telling me like he, he, was, at, he was at my parents place to me like uh, after my dad died, he was there uh, for the family, which is like huge as a huge thing for us. But one of the things that he said was uh, my mom was like, Altaf, why don't you just go eat? And Altaf just looked at me and went, auntie. I'm not I'm not hungry right now I'm full she's like yeah she's like oh don't be shy she goes and you just started laughing and of course I'm laughing because I know where his head's at and my mom looks at us he goes what are you two idiots laughing about I'm like so do you know that old saying that says a good friend will come to your house and you offer them food a great friend is someone that knows where things are your best friend is the reason you have no food to begin with I'm like this motherfucker eats all the time like I remember when he, whenever he comes to my house I actively hide shit because you know he's gonna eat it. <laughs> he's gonna eat it. Like it's the funniest thing. I this is like a true statement. I once cleaned my apartment. He came that night. I finished cleaning thirty minutes before he came. An hour later, my place is a mess, and I was like, I was in the toilet for thirty minutes. What the fuck happened? And I was like, Oh man, I just got some food and stuff. I'm like, This is why I'm my best friend. I can't kill you. <laughs> like, and I'm gonna start charging you. <laughs> I could never do that to him. He's too close. He's too much fun. But anyway, we're, we're, we're digressing down stories. One of the things I definitely wanted to ask you about when it comes down to like uh, trauma, because that is a huge thing that a lot of people feel and kind of suppress. And mm -hmm. over time, or they go through therapy, but like traditional therapy. So they talk it out, but they never really get to the point of what it was that caused said trauma. Now, how does that start showing up as early warning signs in the physical body? Because as far as I'm aware, if something is so traumatic, your physical body will start giving you symptoms before it hits like the core. So it's like your left, your left wrist is hurting because you're in a trap situation right now. You might want to address that. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I agree with that. I did years of talk therapy and didn't really get me and anywhere, works, I must it, say. I mean, it, for, I guess a lot of people love it. For some people, it's amazing. For yes. some other people, it's not. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, takes all kinds of kinds, right? But for me, yeah. yeah, wasn't my jam. But yeah, so something as simple as just noticing how how is your breath? Like, how are you breathing? Are you breathing? Are you not breathing? Are you breathing really fast? Are you able to, like, engage with people and say what you want to say and say what you need to say and have your own back? These are just some of, like, the little 
the little things that you can start noticing. Um, do you speak really, 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 really fast? Is it difficult for you to come into stillness? Right. So these are just some of the little signs that there could be, call it trauma, call it repressed emotions, call it whatever you want, but there could be some things within you that are causing a little bit of disturbance. And then when we go deeper into, if I want to, if you want to look at the body. So anytime there's some type of pain, mm -hmm. this is something that your body like wants you to work through. It's being like the pain is being brought up because there's something there for you to work through and move through. So um, yeah, I would say things like, knee pain, ankle pain, shoulders, neck hurting? Do you have TMJ or some jaw stuff? Like you have some repressed and trapped things and they're okay. most likely. I'm going to stop you there because I'm going to ask this. So TMJ in particular, because I do know some people that like when they have it, they have a bad. So mm -hmm. what is that like stuck emotion? Because if this is something that can actually help them find a tiny bit of alleviation, I'd rather them actually find out now. Yeah. So with the jaw, I highly recommend also like massaging down the muscles. Like you guys cannot see me, but taking your hands on either side of your face and massaging down the muscles. And this relates a lot to a sense of control. So two things, if you don't feel stable enough in your ability to support yourself, and I don't just mean monetary, but I mean to have your own back emotionally, all of these things like within your own body to have that stability, you may then have issues with your jaw. Um, along with this, it's really like also, you know, check how much are you trying to control the world around you? How much are you trying to make sure that everybody behaves in a certain way or things happen exactly how you need them to happen? Um, because it's likely manifesting in your jaw. So the more you can release that and let go of the control and let go and let life flow through you, the easier things get. That's powerful. I like that. It's really interesting because like just massaging down either side of, uh, so it's right behind where your jawline ends, where you have mm -hmm. the little mandibles all the way down that area. Yeah, that's, it's very relaxing as a place to actually massage. Yeah. So it's all connected, right? And then it's like, usually when you have pain there, then it goes into your shoulders and then you have, you know, Everything. shoulder issues, main different thing. Yeah. So where we yeah. can release tension it affects everything in the body i agree um one of the so just kind of like jumping off onto a side tangent while we come back to this road uh something i realized quite recently was um a lot of the time with workouts and stuff and it's only interesting that's happened as i've gone older because when i was younger this was not the case when i was younger if you'd work out physically you're always taught to like either do a full body workout or work on your small weaker muscles like to correct. So you have an aesthetically like correct body, like where your muscles should be. Um, and over time, obviously you don't see that anymore. You're just like, yeah, go to the gym, do a full workout, like work every part of your body out equally. The reality is you're not actually, you're not like making up for nature's hindrances that have been given to you. It's like, you can fix them through physical like work, but you're not giving them any real strength. So my process, so my question, the one I'm leading to around all of this would you say it's almost similar in that same sense is if all we're doing is constantly trying to work on our head, but not really connecting it to our body and how we feel, we're only fighting half a losing battle. Yes, 100%. It's okay. you are creating more and more fragmentation within you because emotions cannot be mentally processed. No. 
They just can't be. They live in the body. So the story about the emotion can be, but the actual energy sits in the body. And so it's interesting that you bring up working out as well is because a lot of times, you know, people go to the gym and they like work out a lot and work out really hard. And then they create these muscles that actually don't have a lot of flexibility and what they're doing within that, because your body then also influences your behavior is creating some type of sometimes very reactive, um, yeah, a, a lot of reactive behavior to certain emotions and things like this, instead of that flexibility and that malleability within it. So it's, it's just, it's, it's a circle, right? Like we need to see what's in the head to then also access what's in the body and vice versa. And so being able to release what's in the body creates space for it. And then also check the story that's coming up in the head. I don't know. I think that's quite a beautiful mix <laughs> of, of working on it. I agree. I would throw in one other thing though that really mm -hmm. has helped a lot for me is looking at the decision that was made in that time period. Yes. Because if you look at the word decision, it is to cut off. If you made a decision to cut off a certain emotional feeling in a high emotional state where you were compromised in who you were, which is why they say never make a, never make a judgment or choice when angry or happy. Only do it when you are calm. That is like a thing that uh, we were taught from a very young age growing up. It was like, always do this. Um, but the reason I bring that up is um, because you're in that heightened emotional state, you make a decision, your brain now acts on that. So no matter how much trauma work you do and how much healing work you do around it, around the emotion, until you reattach that feeling that you cut off back to the rest of the tribe, it's going to like, it's essentially the equivalent of growing, um, having an, a, an island just off the coast of your mainland that is prospering like crazy, but you haven't been able to connect the two together yet. Mm -hmm. So undoing that decision helps reconnect the two. Absolutely. Yeah. For, for me, I guess this is also what I would mean around the story around it. Yeah. So whatever it is that's there to create, you know, that cognitive dissonance and all of those Sweet. things. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, we, I, we need both. We need the mind and the body, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. We really do. Like one without the other cannot live, not properly yeah. at least. Yeah. That's the thing. Okay, so curiously, one of the things I did want to ask you, like right off of this as well, kind of like um, as an idea, what is it like? Because you're aware of all of this now, how does that affect your personal relationships with people? Hmm, this is a great question. So, my husband would probably say I'm annoying. <laughs> I've I've definitely learned to, to tone all of it down. I don't think he would say it so much now, but definitely when I was like getting started. And so like, you know how it is, you get excited about something and then, yeah. you know, he's, I'm around him all the time. So I'm like, well, here's the reasoning why this, he's like, I'm not your client, stop it. <laughs> um, but I would say it's been a, a learning process. One where it's actually allowed me to have more empathy and compassion because I realized that there's a large amount of program running that is so, subconscious and it's just a factor of our environment and things that have happened. Um, and the other part is that I can just see things so clearly. So I will ask usually, I won't just give advice <laughs> without asking because I don't like that either, you know, but 
it's been it's been a dance I would have to say a dance of me having to like learn to take off a hat a dance of me needing to learn like how to just be a friend how to just be a daughter just a wife like all of these things and so it's been yeah interesting probably annoyed some people not gonna lie oh no without how you have you have to have yeah. people like I'm <laughs> uh it's kind of really interesting because it's just one of those aspects. I definitely know that because I used to do that all the time. Yeah. Um, I've had to really learn to switch that off. I mean, my, my moment came when uh, someone that I was, someone that I was in a relationship with, um, they were angry about something one day and I mentioned something just off key. Cause again, you're human. You're like the other thing that, to realize is yes, while we have these abilities, they're not on hundred percent of the time. Exactly. Cause they would kill us. Otherwise no one would want to be around with us. And we sat in a corner of pods again for the love of God. Why won't anyone connect with me? And then when someone says something, you're like, that's the reason why. Yeah. You don't want to be that person, but at the same time, it's a balancing act because when someone knows you're able, you're capable of doing that. And I'm only saying this from my perspective as being male, because it's not a stereotypical thing to be male and as understanding once you've done all the work that you have. It, it's possible that not a lot of people are, so it catches people by surprise. Mm -hmm. The downside to that was when this uh, particular ex actually said to me, um, "You're so, if you're so good at reading people, why couldn't you read how I was feeling? Ooh damn that hit me so hard that i was like yep cutting this out now like literally internally mm. i was just like i'm just shutting this down yeah like i'm just like no i don't want to read them anymore fuck them because that's what wow. i mean like that that is like a big thing for me as you said earlier it takes a lot of time and trust to actually get over that initial hump and it's kind of like served me in another way because ever since i've switched off that targeting thing that i have in my head because honestly it makes life easier in some respects and harder in others it, it does take time of course it takes time to actually get through that kind of stuff um yeah but yeah that's the reason i was asking was because i know many people like us who have special powers and stuff like that can run into the relationship issue so my question to you from that is how did you figure out how to start toning it down because um again mine was more or less shut down for me and I had to restart it over time mm. whereas i know other people they can't shut it off ever like no matter how much they try they just can't find that off switch yeah. Um, for me, it was really a lot of nervous system regulation. I cannot speak nervous system regulation within myself. And really the more that I came into my body and the more that I owned my space in my own body, I was able to stay within myself. Mm -hmm. What I found is that when I was outside of my body or really in my head and had my nose and everybody's energy and everybody's business, like I wanted to be that fixer and it made me feel probably like important and appreciated and all of those things and the more that I just came into my own body owned my own shit worked through all of those responses the easier it was for me to choose okay you know what that's none of my business I don't want this you know I I need somebody's actually telling me that I'm hurting them or doing these things like okay, what is it in me? So it was really this radical responsibility that I had to take for my body, my space and how I affected people. And then just practice, 
practice, practice, practice over and over and over of just gently correcting myself, not making myself wrong, Mm -hmm. but creating the space for me to also say, Hey, I apologize that I did this. Can I have a redo? Um, it was uncomfortable, not going to (laughs) lie. It was very uncomfortable. When is anything good for you? Comfortable? (laughs) Yeah. Think about it. Vegetables, medicine. Oh, I love vegetables. When you were a kid. I loved vegetables as a kid. You weirdo. We we would go to McDonald's and I would order a salad and fries when I was three years old. (laughs) Fucking high maintenance right there. I say that I've got I've got a completely different relationship with uh, with vegetables, and for a really long, for a really long time, I thought it was uh, I thought it was just me, and it turns out it's a physical body thing. Like my 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 um my sensitivity is dialed way up for food. Mm. So if I eat certain vegetables, I like onions. Onions, I can actually still taste the poison in. That's the reason I can't have them. Like when I really? cook them. Yeah, even if you caramelize onions to the degree that you caramelize them to, add sugar and everything, still tastes like onions. Wait, but poison. Because mm, onions are onions in a high quantity are poisonous to the human body. Oh, I did not know this. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It's the same reason why cats can't have onions. If cats eat onions, mm. they die immediately. The the yeah. I also didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. This is very good information for me. Thank you. <laughs> You're yeah, don't give them chocolate either. Chocolate is bad for them. Okay, well, I didn't. I knew that about dogs, not about cats, but any animal really, even humans. I'm kidding. I love chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I love chocolate too. <laughs> Made a ganache last weekend, so. Ooh. So, what's the quantity of onions that you have to eat for it to be poisonous? I have no idea. I know it's just like a. It's a very large amount. So it's, okay. a fa- it's a fairly large amount like it's such a small number of poison like it's so tiny and minute it doesn't even register on anyone's like that's why some people can eat onions raw because they're like just straight up eating like apples i'm like okay weirdo whereas i smell an onion and i'm like okay queasy wow you're like it that's poison can't have I, that i used to be that bad like to the point that my mother actually said to me she was like uh when you were a kid and she tells everyone this but screw it i'll just tell everyone this um, I used to have a touch sensitivity thing because I have a texture thing with my hands, um, even with walls and stuff. So if it doesn't, if the texture's off, I don't want to touch it because it like it's like nails on a chalkboard, but in my brain, it um, creates this weird reaction, right? It yeah, really does. I understand. Um, <laughs> onions was the one of the ones like even touching onions used to really freak me out as a kid. That like I'd have like rubber gloves to do it, or if I did, I'd go wash my hands immediately. Like, wow. was like you were so not into onions as a kid like you hated them i'm like which is really annoying considering my heritage all four of them love onions <laughs> onions and everything do you <laughs> eat things with onions in, in them no. now or you don't no. wow i i mean i have to uh i that's one of the reasons that forced me how to cook so well is basically i had to remaster all the foods i want to eat without onions and mm. make them without onions without losing the taste interesting even if they're cut up really small you taste it the only stuff that's kind of weird and okay with is onion powder or onion granules like dried can totally have that all day um it's weird Hmm. i guess maybe the the dehydration process also changes some of the chemical compounds in it 
maybe i don't know it's a it's a really weird thing i've like tried to have this tested for so many years and it always just comes back out to like something hilarious and just something like okay let's not do that let's not let's let, let's stick to what we know yeah you're um, like i'm just gonna eat onion powder and it's fine <laughs> you know what's really weird i can cook with onions for everyone else just if i make a meal and it's like 10 people there and i'm the one dude without onions is i'll make like a meal for everyone and then mine will just have no onions right so when you go to your friend's house for a dinner party, you will just say, please don't cook with onions. Oh, they know. Like my friends know ahead of time. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And let's be honest. These are my friends. They don't usually cook. Okay. <laughs> I'm the one that cooks usually. I'm the one that gets stuck in the kitchen. Well, okay. And then it's not so bad if you're just, yeah. if you're cooking for everyone else and yourself. Yeah. And I, love, and I love doing it. So it's all good. And well, now curiously kind of jumping off that shoe of a question, what was it that really helped you find uh, some of the stuff that really helps you switch off because I definitely know, do know with someone that has an overactive brain like yours does that has an analyst's mind at times even though they're more outgoing um, fun dichotomy between being outgoing and introverted right like you've got yeah. both at the same time Ugh. But for 100% that, yeah it, I don't know about you but I kind of fall into the ambivert quality not the intro extrovert it's like I like people but I will cancel a plan to have a good night in by myself all the time like I I'm when we could go out, I would make plans and then I'd go, oh, why did, why did I commit to that? <laughs> like, I, I really just don't want to put on pants tonight and I'd rather watch a Netflix episode. Oh, yeah. No, I've done it a couple of times where I just randomly invite my friends to my place instead of going out. I was like, we can go out or you guys can come by after you guys have been out. What do you mean? I was like, I'm not joining you. <laughs> <laughs> why? Yeah. Don't want to. Uh, just don't feel I, it I, I don't want to yell over loud music. I don't yell. I have, it's really weird. I don't have that. I have a loud voice if I need it, but I don't like using it. So I find that whenever I'm, if I'm in a club somewhere, I'll just go really close to my friends and have a conversation with them. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like whispering dirty things into you. What do you think I'm saying? Get me a soda. <laughs> I used to do that. And I would plug people's ear because when you plug their ear, they can hear you better. Yeah. So I'd walk up and close their ear and then just say whatever the fuck I needed to say. <laughs> They're like, Stop touching me. Sorry. <laughs> Well, now especially, you can't get that close. No, no. This is I, I, I don't want to get that close. <laughs> we need silent discos back. Yeah. Well, those are the best. Um, anyway, we're digressing really hard. Because the question I did want to ask you out of all of this, believe it or not, was actually towards how do you maintain your creativity uh, during your down period? Because we tend to burn a lot of the creative energies when we're doing our work, or at least I do. Um, and I'm curious how you balance yours out. Um, first of all, I give myself permission to rest and to do nothing and to be a lazy, like vegetable. Question for you. And this is yeah. for later. What does that look like? Because I'm very curious. Okay. So I have this, I don't also like, I don't know if you know about human design or anything this, I but do. okay. So I'm manifester. I'm oh you are oh beautiful okay so I'm a manifesting generator no you bitch <laughs> <laughs> so I have all the energy until I don't have the energy and I used to judge myself so hard like oh my god why can't I just keep going forever but then I have bouts where I just literally get the creative juice and I want to work for 12 hours a day because I'm like I just have all of these ideas and it feels pleasurable it doesn't feel like it's too much but then I, some, then I don't want to do anything for a little while. And I make that completely okay. So it may be having a lion. It may be just 
Maybe I take the time to cook like a five course meal because that's very relaxing to me. Yes. Um, Not the cleaning though. That's why you have other people to do that. (laughs) I actually find the cleaning to be quite relaxing too. I have to say. What kind of weirdo are you kidding? I know. No, I I, I kid. Like I have to do my own dishes. So I know what you mean. It's that old saying that if you, if you ever get to the point in your life where you cannot enjoy doing your own dishes, go seek help. (laughs) I mean, I definitely have times where I look in the kitchen and I'm like, oof. Times, but not always. Not always, especially if, I mean, I'm also, I have to admit, I'm a sucker for reality TV. So if I put on an episode of something and just wash the dishes, cleaning the kitchen before I know it, I'm like, oh, everything's clean. And I just laughed my ass off. I'm cool with that. But yeah, it was just a lot of not making myself wrong for doing what I felt I desired. Right. And just allowing that to kind of flow through me. And that meant having more energy sometimes, a lot more creativity, having less, and it was all fine and cool. And I'm still playing with it. That sounds fair. I mean, I like that. Yeah, like it's, that it's simple. It's probably not the sexiest answer, but. Yeah, but the thing is, it's the simple things are usually the most easiest to, to, to get wrong. I mean, that's the mm. other thing as well. So that's why I wanted to talk to you about the whole thing with uh, giving yourself permission to have lazy days and stuff like that, because I have lazy days, obviously. But at the same time, I find I really enjoy working. And when I do have a lazy day, it's really strange. And this is more prevalent because it's more recent due to the events that have happened. Uh, there's just times when I'm having a lazy day and I'm like, I don't want to be lazy today. And then it's like, yeah, go out and do something. It's like, I can't be bothered to go outside. So it's like, I end up in this weird, odd spot of like, I want to watch TV, but I don't. And it's mm-hmm. like, I want to do something, but I can't. And it's just like, but you need to take the time off. Right. What about like puzzles? Oh, I love puzzles. Yeah, I got real into puzzles during pan- the pandemic, I must mm-hmm. admit. I have to buy a few more. Yeah, because I think that's also something as well. When I have my off time, I try to limit my screen time yeah. just because I'm on screen so much. So finding all of those things. And now the weather's better too. So it's like, go for a walk. The weather's getting better here. Like right now it's nice and sunny again, but earlier it was raining. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. But no, uh, it's, it's really annoying because I'm actually still also waiting while we're recording this in March. I'm still waiting for my knee and my ankle to finish healing. It's like, can't go mm. do much with you guys. Oh, so you can't go take a walk and stuff easily now? Not as easily, no. I, mm. Yeah, I messed up my knee and then I decided to go for a five hour long walk with a friend. And then I came home and I was like, my ankle's messed up. <laughs> okay, so m- maybe walking is not on the list so, for you. I am, I am so old, <laughs> I injure myself walking. <laughs> well, you know, it has been it has been the pandemic. We haven't really moved in the way that we have the entire rest of our lives, so... Yeah, I'm just teasing anyway. I'm sure it'll be fine. Only a couple of weeks and I'll be okay. So no big deal. NBD. So one of the questions I love asking on the show specifically comes down to the idea of confidence. Because confidence, in my opinion, like many people's opinion, I assume it might also be in the same thing that you agree with. Uh, Maybe you don't. Who knows? It's essentially confidence is one of the big key areas of success in everything that you do. By success, it means that you manage to actually get the thing that you want to go after because it relies on confidence. Life inevitably will kick you in the ass and drop you to your knees because life is a dick at times. So my question to you is, how do you now 
get yourself back up and keep yourself at a maintained level. So when life does inevitably come knocking, if they try and kick you in the nuts, you like crotch plate. <laughs> well, first I bought a crotch, a crotch plate. That, always <laughs> that was number one. Um, yeah. You know, I think the biggest thing is that I stopped fighting it. So much of why I feel that I've been drugged into this spiral of needing to fix or things not being okay or why isn't it different is because I felt that whatever I was experiencing needed to be different than whatever it was. So I just mm-hmm. let myself feel it like, okay, this feels super shitty. Okay. I'm going to like, just feel it all. I'm going to cry. I'm going to scream. I'm going to dance it through my body. I'm going to, you know, ask for support if I need it. I'm going to ask if somebody has the space to let me vent if I need to do that. So I just let myself fully drop into that experience. And then from there, okay, I pull in my tools. What do I need? Is it that I need a snuggle? Is it that I need to do some mindset work? Is it that I need to do, you know, some trauma release work? Is it that I need to just stand the fuck up and remind myself who the fuck I am? And it seems a little bit silly, I guess, in doing these things, but it's like, actually, it doesn't seem silly. I totally take that back. Um, It's actually very simple. I allow myself to have the experience. I ask for support if I need it. And then I use my tools to remind myself who the fuck I am and show up in my vulnerability and saying that if something's hard, it's hard. And I make that perfectly okay. (laughs) But you see how when you say it's okay, it becomes okay. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's something that I say a lot. I'm like, it's fine. You know, so yeah, it's, it's taken me a lot of years to figure out that like, just to accept the experience <laughs> is really the number one thing. Yeah, I agree. It is. It, it so is having that moment of letting go is brilliant. And by the way, sorry for the slight distraction that I just had an email come through. And this is proof. I've known this person for four days or five days and emailing them because it's work stuff. And they literally message back saying, I truly love you. So. <laughs> so what is this about you that makes everybody fall in love with you? You know, what's weird. I figured out what it was a long time ago, because for the longest time in my life, Uh, actually from before birth when my mom was six months pregnant with me, I made three really unhealthy decisions. Well, four unhealthy decisions, three at that time and one when I was four. And one of them was I, it was it. No one deserves to truly ever love me was one of the big decisions I made. Mm. Um, And again, my mother was six months pregnant. I was a six month fetus inside of her when I made this decision. So there was no way I would know how to like undo this or know it was there prior. Right. Just the thing that was that. Um, and there was like two other ones as well. Shifting grows back in October really shifted everything. Like, it's really strange for me to actually look back at my own life and go, okay, I can't believe there's so many times in my life where I thought I was hating on myself. Mm. That's the big shift. So like now I've turned inward to start loving myself a little bit more dearly. It's now more people are showing up because one of the decisions I switched out with uh, verbatim was I am so loved, so very loved from no one deserves to truly ever love me to I am so loved, so very loved. And I am 100% myself because that's what people love about me is I am me. It's Um, true. Yeah. Oh, I um, feel that in my soul. 
Yeah, a friend of mine basically said to me the other day, they were like, are you afraid someone's going to find out what you said about them behind their back? I was like, no. Like, why? I was like, because I'd say it to their face. Mm. If they were stood three feet in front of me and they had their hand cocked ready to throw down at me and said, what the fuck did you just say? I would repeat it. <laughs> That's having your own back. Yeah, you know? what, what's the worst another human being is going to do to me? Kill me? Okay, fine. Good luck to that. You're going to get into a fight with me? Okay, I'm going <laughs> to warn you, but good luck to that. Right. Because someone could catch me lucky. I'm not saying I'm invincible. I mean, anyone can take anyone on any given day, given any certain, certain situation, circumstance. But at the end of the day, my integrity is going to be there. I'm going to hold my own and tell you the truth. And I find yeah. that's one thing that really, that separate, by the way, for people that are at home, guys, girls, whoever, if you really want to see your dating life get better, by the way, start telling the truth. No matter how far-fetched and ridiculous it sounds, tell the truth. Mm-hmm. A, it'll get you out of a lot of weird situations, but B, it just makes life a lot simpler. And if you want a really weird situation, I once years ago was cuddling with someone and they wanted to kiss me and I didn't want to kiss them. And they thought it's because it was because of them. It wasn't them. I hadn't eaten all day and my mouth fucking stank. I was like, I can, I can smell my own breath in my own mouth. That level of stank. I was like, you are not I, kissing me. I understand. Me. I was like, bitch, you are not kissing me. I didn't say <laughs> yeah. this to her because I had to save face. I was like, yeah, cool. No worries. And left. She messages me going, oh, my God, if blah, 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 like really going off on me. And my only response was, no, my breath smelled real bad. And I didn't have a toothbrush with me or any mints. And I don't <laughs> want to kiss you because that would just be gross and nasty. I'm sorry. Like, I'd rather you not have an experience than you have a bad experience. Right. So she goes off on one, not talking to me, whatever it is. Like, it takes me an hour to get back to my place. So the entire time I'm on, on underground, my phone does not get any reception. So I've got zero messages. And if I did, I wouldn't check them for like another hour and a half. So I'm on my way home. I get in. I message this person literally two hours later. Me like, hey, just checking in. Are you okay? Then they proceed to tell me exactly what happened. Two of their girlfriends came in and started like going, oh my God, he's playing you. He's such a blot. And just like ripping me to shreds. Which, you know, as you would, because that's your friend and they're hurt and whatever. Yeah. Her roommate comes back from work, sees all three of them bitching. And she can see her friend like really upset. She's like, what's wrong? It's like, Adel didn't kiss me and she was like oh really what was it why and it was like his he said his breath smelled like is what one of the other girls said immediately they're like getting really angry and shit and she goes oh anyone else yeah playing you Adel telling the truth <laughs> I was like damn right I am <laughs> yeah I mean and also I I, I feel that's that's a legitimate reason why not to kiss someone you know yeah, i genuinely do yeah my breath smells i don't want to kiss you go down yeah it's like i don't even want to be with my i i don't want to put on a mask right now <laughs> there's no way that i'm gonna kiss you it's like i don't want to kiss me <laughs> why are you gonna kiss me what kind of, yeah. it's like now i'm questioning what, what's wrong with you <laughs> see it, it's so funny because i was making coffee yesterday and i just was going through some thoughts and i just thought god how much easier would things be if we just were direct in our communication and said what we meant and asked for what we needed. And if something was, you know, wonky, we said, Hey, I'm feeling this way. Is this actually what's happening? How many issues would just like be resolved before they even started? You would be surprised, but the problem therein lies from the other condition we have as humans. 
we are constantly destined to want to be right so we rarely want to admit that we're wrong uh and you kind of touched a little bit on it it's people have started doing this thing called like and i've realized this because i felt it this morning but spiritually bypassing you based on how your experience is oh yeah intellectually bypassing you and it's like until we can get past that because it's not so much like look i want you to feel my pain no i just want you to understand i'm in pain (laughs) like have a little understanding that how about let's not go hug the person that is so angry right now they put their hand through a fucking wall. Let's not go hug them. Let's let them calm down and then go hug them. Not mm. saying that that's happened. I'm just saying that's an extreme example of what people can do because you can say, I am angry at said injustice. And I guarantee you someone's going to tell you how to fix it. And I know because I used to be, yeah. I used to be like solution orientated. Now it's kind of yeah. like, sorry, solution mode. How can I be here for you? Just right. the words, how can I be here for you or how can I best support you changes the entire dynamic of a conversation. See, but I think that that's, that's kind of also what I'm talking about as well in taking that responsibility for yourself because in yeah. someone wanting to fix something or in someone not being able to sit with the uncomfortableness of what someone is saying, it's really a reflection of them. Yeah. I'm feeling uncomfortable with what you've said. Therefore, let me try and move through this by solution focused or spiritually intellectually bypassing or whatever it is. So if we actually are willing enough to just sit in the uncomfortableness and realize, okay, well, if something's happening within my body and within my experience, there's something there for me. Why am I having this reaction? Then you have two people who are just like, well, I'm saying how I feel. I'm saying how I feel. Okay. We're both taking responsibility for the way that it's affecting us. Mm-hmm. you know but yeah spiritually bypassing is like oh, it's yes for any for anyone that's like what, what the fuck is spiritual <laughs> bypassing it's simply this i'm angry well you know if you're angry you should blank insert like statement of help yeah or love it's like love or like i think of it a different way change your perception oh yeah. fuck off I, like my perception has been changed like it's gone from i did send this to a friend of mine where i was like no my perception has changed it's gone, like, do you not think by how long we've known you that my thoughts that come out of my mouth are curated between, I should really let this go and I just need to bury somebody. One of the two, it's like the one that you're getting in the middle is the most pronounced one that came out and this is how we say this calmly. <laughs> and also it's okay to be angry and yeah. to have and to experience sacred rage and to like go through all of those things because if we don't, guess what? It still exists in the body. It doesn't get let go. It just sits no. and lives in a different area, start causing you pain and troubles. And then you're wondering what the hell's wrong with your hips because exactly. emotions are stored mostly on the hips. Yep. My favorite is um, when Black Lives Matter movement was like blew up last year. And was if you're experiencing racism, it's because you're attracting it. This was like what a bunch like this, of spirits. Spirit, what? This was spiritual bypass. If you're experiencing oh racism, God. it's because you're attracting it. I was like, done with the spiritual community. No. Yeah. Are you shitting me? I'm not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I, I, anytime someone says that to me, I'm just like, let me take you to somewhere where I'm from. Yeah. And then, you know, you'll know. Because like, I always tell people, like, if you've got a problem with like uh, some race, I was like, come to Tanzania with me. Just come to Tanzania. You'll see what okay. happens. It's not that anything bad's going to happen. You're just going to see a whole different way of life there. 
and it's going to change your perspective ever so slightly. Yeah. Which is honestly what a lot of people need Yeah, to be fair, you know, because it's like, great. So you live in a white body and you've never really been outside of your area. And then you think the world's fine. Oh, of course, that's your experience. <laughs> you know, yeah. of, of course you think that. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, in my opinion, it's not entirely their fault, but where do you take responsibility? It's you have responsibility to travel and see how other people live. But then again, this is kind of down to the culture of what I was talking to a friend of mine. We have stopped becoming explorers. If you start looking at everything that is exploratory in ancient texts and ancient time, what we're now getting is we have to put up guards and railings around them and we can't go view them. We can't go see them without some big brother person holding our hand. No. That historical knowledge of people that have far surpassed us in different ways is there to be learned. Stop policing the shit out of it. It's annoying. Yeah. But that's just me because I have my own soapbox on like that whole thing where I want to go to Egypt and I want to go sit, I want to go around like look at the pyramids without gift shop and be like, I got to go in there. I'm right with you. I my husband and I were just talking about how we were like, we want to go see all of these things and visit all of these, you know, ancient pretty magical, I think, places, places. Yeah. extremely but, magical, extremely intelligent. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you have it as, um, if you look at it from the perspective of how like knowledge beyond us has been around, like this is something that only surprised me recently because I've, I've started looking at different things from like different angles around the world. But you know how like a lot of the times they think that we've only figured out hieroglyphics hieroglyphics in the last 100, 200 years? Yeah, that's yeah. Eurocentricism for you at its best because an Islamic man, a Muslim man who lived in Egypt 900 years ago deciphered half the hieroglyphic codex and left it. And oh. we've only just found that. And there's a high chance that someone else like deciphered all of it and was like, mm, here you go. Yeah. Language, go, le- go read it. Oh, I believe this. I 100% believe it because as we know, there's, there's lot, there's different histories and different perspectives on history based on who's actually telling it. Yeah. I a hundred percent believe it. My, we were just speaking the other day about how, um, they figured out. I'm still here. Oh, okay. That within, um, you could walk into a pyramid and basically sing out these certain notes and the way that the the sound vibrated off of the pyramid walls was able to then enter that vibration entered the the body and then people had like back pain just dissipate and things just dissipate and so it's like oh okay this very ancient intelligent wisdom knowledge magic all together is not regarded as such what's really interesting i agree with graham hancock's quote on this which is we are a species with amnesia Ooh, i love that because we have forgotten so much of our own history and what we see as historically true we think is bullshit i still love people that argue with me over the great floods from the time of noah like no i was like okay so every civilization has a great flood story okay around the same time historical evidence no didn't happen okay yeah people are again you're right it's the amnesia it is we have that but we also like people are very easy like i always tell people i'd much rather persuade 10 people at once than one person at once and they're like why is like because in a group of 10 people i can get one or two of you to do what i need the rest will follow Ooh, okay that's a juicy 
Yeah, it's actually a it's a very true thing. If you study, um, if you st- I'll talk to you this after the show, but there's yeah. certain studies that you can look at when it comes down to behavior typing and personality typing and human engineering, uh, in our in the way that we think, you can reverse engineer that to such a point that it doesn't take a huge group of people in order for them to actually turn. Uh, case in point, there was. Uh, there was an experiment that was done over two separate lines of tests where essentially um, they were shown several different images. Five of the people in that room were all actors. One of them was real. Like they were the smart one. They were the one that was coming in with their own brain. Everyone else was told what to do. They were all told to give the wrong answer and he was allowed to give the right answer. Initially, it was kind of going like half and half, half and half, and then it changed slightly to the majority were wrong even though it was so clear that he was right, instead of rocking the boat, this person started to change the answer to the wrong answer. Mm, this is like the, the Stanford prison project. Yeah, it's, uh, it's almost by the same people that did it. They, they yeah. Did, yeah, it's the prison experiment of like, when given absolute power, they will go to the full length. It's the same with authority. And there's a whole, basically for everyone listening, if you're very interested in this kind of thing, go check out my interview with Chase Hughes that I did a couple of years ago. Uh, it his books and everything that he's done since has actually covered a lot more of the stuff in depth. And uh, yeah, if you're a fan of human body sciences, like I am just a really fun read. Actually it's not, it's, it's a military guy, but it's really good. <laughs> I say that cause he's former, he's uh he's former Navy. Um, but more importantly, his, his first book reads like a military manual. Mm, like, interesting. I, I, I am quite intrigued, I have to admit, yeah, <laughs> to we'll at have, least we'll, check it out. We'll have a, ch- a chat about that later. But guys, uh, to, we have reached the end of our show. Kelsey, I'd love to have you on sometime because I think we'd have far more fun again. Uh, <laughs> it's far too short of a show. But guys, please go check out Kelsey Brusini's. Oh my God. De Bruzini's. That's it. God damn it. You got it. com. Link will be in the description per always. And yeah, we'll just get, we'll let you guys know when you have another episode coming out. Please rate, review and subscribe. Have an amazing weekend and I will see you next week. Thanks again for being here, Kelsey. Thank you for having me.